Welcome to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp, the podcast for church renewal leaders where we listen, learn, and laugh together with boots on the ground church leaders. I'm your host, Jimbo Stewart. This podcast is sponsored by Church QuickSight by 180 Digital. Getting a website that your visitors and members will love doesn't have to be hard. Learn more at churchquicksight.com. Here we are back at the boot camp, back at it again today. I am joined with two special guests and good friends and members of the North American Mission Board Replant Team. Both of them have been guests on the boot camp before, but never together. Here we have Brandon Moore, who is one of the replant specialists on the team focused on state convention and local association strategies and just being the resident most brilliant scholar of the team. And then we also have Mark Halleck on the team, good friend of the podcast. Surely by this point, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know who Mark Halleck is, a pastor in Inglewood, Colorado, and part of the Calvary Family of Churches, which is kind of like the uh, Mecca center of replanting for the middle of the country. So guys, grateful to have you on the boot camp. Great to be here. Yeah, it's good to be here. It's great to be with Brandon. I mean, just a beautiful man. He is good looking. Deep you guys, voice. privilege to be with you guys. <laughs> oh, it's good to be with you, Jimbo. It's good to be with you, brother. You didn't call me beautiful, but that's all right. I'll, I'll... Well, beard, the beard is beautiful. I'll tell you what. <laughs> well, look, here's, here's what I want to talk about today, guys. We just came out of recently the AMS Replant Lab, where we gathered with 270 leaders from associations, some of them being AMSs, some of them being pastors, serve with their association to help dying churches. And one of the big kind of running themes of that whole thing was really the power of working together and collaboration and partnership. And I know that that's something both of you guys are very passionate about. Brandon, talk to us just a little bit about what are the big insights you took away from the AMS Replant Lab that would be good for our listeners and why partnership is such a valuable thing? Yeah, I, you know, one of the biggest things I think that it's good for pastors to recognize is that associations are maybe the most strategically placed organization in all of SBC life mm -hmm. for revitalization, replanting, renewal work, because it's where relationship really happens. It's where trust and credibility uh, can be high. I mean, it's really, I mean, those things are what form the foundation of partnership. Um, and if you're talking about replanting, partnership's crucial. So associational life is really the, I think, the lifeblood of whether you're going to see a movement of replanting or not. A church can, you know, replant one church at a time on its own. But in uh, an ecosystem of a healthy association, I mean, that's really where you can see some movement happening. And so I think just we talked a lot about collaboration and uh, the the power of uh, both strong and struggling struggling churches coming together um, in the life of the association. So. How like we were looking at the feedback surveys of a lot of the guys that attended the AMS Replant Lab, and your name came up a lot, and and specifically just how it's much for you're good, for good or bad. For, <laughs> for you know, at least ninety nine percent of them were good. We're not going to tell you what the one bad one was. I'm sure, but uh, sure. <laughs> no, it was you know a lot of guys. I think just resonated with how you shared your heart about the power of what associations can do and and really working together. And so for this podcast, Mark, talk to us about 
where you've seen the power of collaboration uh, amongst churches and instead of instead of being in competition with each other yeah what it's like whenever we actually cooperate collaborate together yeah i mean I think you've got to start with God and his design for the church. I mean, here's the bottom line. If you are not a church or a pastor leader that is passionate about partnering with other believers and other churches, then you're actually not passionate about one of the things God is most passionate about. We are a body. Mm. And so on a real simple level, well, do you want to work against God (laughs) or do you want to work with God? Because what God's yeah. really interested in is yeah. reaching a lost world with the gospel through a people. And that people is bigger than just your congregation. It's the people of God. Mm. And so increasingly, we we must grow in our passion for this. But here's what we know. It all begins with humility. It begins with a mm. doctrinal conviction, yes, that God loves partnership, but then it takes humility. Humility that leads you to a place that says, I don't care who gets the credit. I want God to be glorified. And if that means another church can take the lead on something, then praise the Lord. Um, if it means that we need to give up some leaders that we really like in order to help a, another congregation or a, a new church plant, then praise the Lord. So humility is the key in all this, which is convicting, because to be honest, like partnership can many times, it taps into our, our flesh in a way that is pretty gross, to be honest. Like we like our platforms. We like our own fame. And partnership kind of cuts that off at the knees because you're you're basically declaring it's not about me. It's not about our church. It's about the kingdom of God. But And yet I would say this, and I think partly what we're hearing from guys at the AMS lab and across the country, because we were made to partner with others, there is incredible joy once you lay down your pride and move into and lean into partnership. There's incredible joy. And there's also a whole lot of God-honoring fruit that is produced because you're doing ministry God's way by God's power and the Spirit. And so I think if you're interested, man, in seeing a movement in your city, quite frankly, a movement in your own congregation, ask the Lord to give you a bigger vision for radical collaboration and partnership with other churches. It, it is the way. It is God's plan. We see it all through Acts. Uh, partnership is God's plan. So there's so many benefits to it, but those are a few initial thoughts. Yeah, and it's a it's a shift. To just to add this, it's a shift from like a focus on church growth, which whether you know we like that that term or idea, like it's just the it's what our culture and evangelicalism swims in, right? Is this passion for church growth and partnership? Though is a shift from a, a passion for church growth to kingdom growth, mm. and and that that's what like Mark's talking about here is the idea that like we're willing to send leaders so that another church might grow. Like that's putting our church's growth secondary to the greater kingdom growth. And, and that's what's, I mean, that takes humility, like Mark's saying, as well as a host of other things to, to put the king and his kingdom above your local church. Yeah. And I, and I would add this, one more thing I would add is, you know, as Southern Baptists, and I know all of your listeners are not just Southern Baptists, but as, as Southern Baptists, we talk a lot about obviously collaboration, the cooperative. We, we throw around phrases like we are better together. And that's a good phrase. And it's true. The problem is I run into a lot of pastors and churches that aren't actually living it out. And what I just want to say is trust the Lord and watch what he does when you actually Mm. seek to live that out. And so it takes humility, but then it takes faith. It takes trusting God at his word 
Because I get it, man. There's sacrifice involved with partnership, all kinds of sacrifice. You're sacrificing potentially, I mean, at a minimum, time, resources, perhaps money, leaders. You're sacrificing. And yet, aren't we called to die? <laughs> As those who serve the Lord, we call mm-hmm. to die that we might find life. And that life in this mm-hmm. context is helping other churches and seeing the kingdom advance in a way we can't do just on our own. So sometimes when I've had this conversation with pastors, some of the pushback that I'll get is I either one or two things. One, I mean, that's just not the culture of where I'm at. Churches like as a whole just aren't collaborative. There, there's definitely this idea of competition. Uh, I even had a, you know, maybe one or two associational leaders that I spoke with at the AMS lab that were like, man, I, I love all this talk about it. But, you know, when I think about trying to find a church that would be willing to come help another church sacrificially, I just go, man, I don't know a single church that I can think of that might do that. And so most of the people who would listen to this podcast are are pastoring a church, most likely in some sort of situation in need of renewal, revitalization, replanting on some level, and they can be discouraged. I mean, what would you say to that guy? They hear you, and then their response is, man, I just don't know that that's something that can happen where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Really, in order to get much out of the association relationally and to define encouragement, I mean, you're just going to, you're going to have to begin to put yourself out there. I think that's a, that's a piece of it. You've got to, you've got to lean in and engage and know that relationships just take time. And the encouragement you might get from an association, the, the benefit your church or other churches might receive, like it, it's going to take showing up and just being a part in what's already actively going on. Um, even if that's not a lot. Ooh. But you've got to like you've got to start, and you're only going to get as much out of like associational life as you're willing to put in. And it it may it's going to take some time to build momentum in those relationships, just like any relationship in the life of the church or anywhere else. Yeah. No, that's so good, man. I mean, I think I totally agree. I mean, step one is it has to begin with conviction. Like you're just never going to pursue those relationships and risk being shot down or whatever if you aren't absolutely convinced this is God's will, which I think, again, is where you always have to start with God in the scriptures. And I think it's just really clear that it is because only conviction is going to lead you because here's part of what has to happen is we need guys who are leaders to lead and create a new culture in our associations. Okay. Let's just name it. We just have associations where this hasn't really been a value. Collaboration hasn't been a value and, and radical collaboration in the ways we're talking about. So what I would say is, one, study the word and ask God to give you a conviction for it. Two, put yourself out there. And like Brandon said, if it's, you know, you should definitely be faithful. Come to go to those association meetings, even if they're boring and you think they're a waste of time. They're not a waste of time. You're showing up because you love your brothers. You're there and you're going to encourage people and you're going to listen to people and you're going to hug people and you're going to pray for these guys and you're going to be a friend. That's what you do. And you earn trust. And then here's the third thing that'll come out of that is you're right. There's going to be a lot of guys who aren't interested. They're just not, but there will be a few. And so I would say focus on the one or two. It may start with two guys, man, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. two guys that you start meeting with, praying with, dreaming together. Let's do something, man. Let's do an event. Let's do a worship night together. Just a baby step. And you know what you're doing? You're living into your conviction. But more than that, you're actually setting an example for the rest of that association, I promise you what'll happen is there'll be a few others go, man, that is so cool how you guys did that. Mm-hmm. 
oh man, we love it. We believe in it. We would love for you to be part of it. And you know what? That, that two or three becomes four or five. And this is how you build a fire, right? And so part of it is you start with one or two and don't be discouraged. You don't need mass numbers. You need one or two to start a fire and then, and then set an example and then invite others to join you in the future and keep inviting and watch what the Lord does. Cause again, we were created for this. I think there are a lot of godly pastors who just haven't experienced it. And when they see your example and your invitation, they'll join in. And then all of a sudden, man, you may have a movement on your hands in your association um, of radical cooperation and collaboration. Yeah. And I think it, you know, you mentioned the word conviction. I think it, it in part flows from that, that a conviction that these other pastors who have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of them have something to bring to the table to like, to help you and to help grow you. And the Lord wants to like, it's not just what can you bring to the mm-hmm. table in the totally. association, but you've got to have the posture of like, I'm going to just by being around brothers in Christ who may have a different perspective for me, may have a different set of, of values or ministry philosophy than me. Like the Lord wants to use that to refine me, mm-hmm. even if I may struggle to, to know exactly what I'm going to learn from someone out of the gate. You know yeah. what I mean? The, there's some guys you look at and go, man, I want him to mentor me. Yeah. All right. That's not, that may not be all the guys you're running into at these associational meetings, but, but the Lord has given them experiences, giftings, perspectives, and most importantly, his Holy Spirit dwelling inside of mm-hmm. them that can benefit you. And, and I think appreciating that is a huge part of what will keep you locked in and engaged in association. You know, life. Brandon, one of the things that you just described, <laughs> if you want to really get down to the basics of what makes partnership work and collaboration. It's learning how to be a good friend to other pastors, literally how to be a good friend. Mm -hmm. I I think we need pastors who are intentional about becoming better friends with other pastors, which is the posture you said. It's a posture of encouragement. It's a posture of asking good questions. It's a posture of praying for one another. It's a posture of service. This is how can I help you, brother? What do you guys need? That's the posture, and that develops trust. And Satan loves to bring division between pastors. He loves to plant lies in us that assumes the worst and not the best about our brother pastors. And so maybe it begins with just saying, hey, God, help me to be a better friend to other pastors in this association that might then be the first step toward our churches becoming friends, you know what I mean, and doing stuff together. Yeah, you know, there's some research that has shown us, I think it's like 51% of church leaders when they were asked, how isolated are you feeling today? Said that they felt uh, extremely isolated. And I want to camp just for a second on that idea. You talked about just start with one, two, three people. You know, this is something we'll often say on the podcast where people will talk about, I mean, I don't know what to do. There's nothing I can do. Everything I try to do at my church, nothing works. Everybody, you know, I always, you know, my thing is like, look, here's the one thing I know will work. Like I know, I mean, it's not going to work fast but it's going to work. It's just find one person to disciple. Like just pick one guy. Mm-hmm. Like you don't even have to tell him he's, you're discipling him. That word may be weird to him, but just go to breakfast once a week and talk about the Bible yeah. and talk about how he's loving his wife and how he's loving his kids mm-hmm. and, and just start, just start that moving. And I think the same thing when it comes to uh, if you're one of those pastors that feels isolated or if you're an associational leader that sees the need for this in your association, but you don't know where to start. And you're, you're listening going, man, this all sounds awesome. And I would love to be a part of that. But it's just not the reality that we have. I think it's great advice. Just start somewhere. Mm-hmm. 
start with one guy, start with one pastor, start with two pastors and figure out what you can do to slowly cultivate that. I read a quote recently in the book, The Art of Neighboring, and it says it's often the small moments that count. Mm -hmm. So focus faithfully on the small things day in and day out. And small things have a way of adding up and producing disproportionately great results. Yes, man, that's really wise. That's really wise. So what would be some of the other values of not just in isolation, you know, getting out of isolation, having friends, but why, why should it be a priority for the pastor or the associational leader listening this to make sure that they, uh, and not just the conviction of seeing other churches get healthy, but what are some of the other reasons uh-huh. that uh, a pastor in AMS would, would value this sort of collaborative nature and culture within their community? Well, let me throw, I'll tell you another one is long haul perseverance and sustainability in ministry. Yeah. If we're going to go to long haul by God's grace to be faithful, and I know, man, I'm guessing every pastor listening to this man, don't you want to be faithful? (laughs) Don't you want to finish strong? Mm. You don't want to be another statistic of a guy who cheated on his wife or um, stole money or, or, or abused power. I hope you want to be a humble servant of the Lord Jesus until the day you meet him. And so part of this is, this is a, a team activity, man. We need each other in the association on an associational level to spur one another on in faithfulness. I think that's huge. So that's another benefit. Why we're better together. Yes, but we actually need one another. <laughs> like I need you Jimbo in my life and I need you Brandon. And you know what? You need me. We need each other yeah. to befriend one another, to encourage one another, to call one another out in love if we're off on the wrong track. So I would say perseverance, man, that's another huge reason I get real nervous when I see Lone Ranger guys who aren't connected to anybody and they don't seem to be interested in connecting to anybody. That's a red flag. Brandon, what else would you say? What else would, would you add? Yeah, I think, I think navigating complexity. Like we live in like a really complex world at this point where change is happening super fast. Culture is, it, it's not just different and changing like it has in the past, but like we've just got issues coming at us that that generations before us weren't wrestling with. Right. And, and I think, you know, one of uh, Jimbo, I love your associations like mantra or motto right now, like don't pastor alone. Mm -hmm. And, and I believe in plurality. I love like, you know, I love pastoring as a team. That's where we're at in my church, but not every Mm -hmm. church has that. Even if guys want it. Right. And, and so where do you find that? You find that in a local association. And I mean, in order to navigate complexity, you've got, to have a team. You've got to have people that you can really wrestle with the problems and really, you know, like toss everything against a wall and and figure out like what are the possible solutions. Mm-hmm. I, I think of the book Canoeing the Mountains here when I think about this. Like you need your 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 group that's going to pioneer the new like the things that are off the map that, you know, culturally and just leadership wise in the church and I think for a lot of a lot of normative sized churches you find that in an association type of an environment. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the local association, when it comes to the movement of renewal, I mean, they're the best agent and ally because of how they're positioned organizationally, geographically, with presence and proximity. You know, they can build credibility. They have influence. They can tap into all the local resources. Man, I could tell you a thousand ways 
Now, I, I am blessed to be a part of legitimately one of the best associations in the country. And I, I don't know that I would have survived the replant that God allowed me to be a part of leading without them. But I can tell you a thousand reasons I called them. I mean, they were my on my speed dial for everything from, you know, when we had a potentially litigious situation happen at youth camp. Man, I, I was way over my skis and had no idea what to do with that. I, and, and literally didn't know who to call other than my association and go, hey, here's this thing that happened at youth camp. I literally don't even know what step one is. Like, I don't know how to handle this correctly. And they were able to put me in touch with like two pastors that had navigated something similar with a lawyer that could give me free legal advice with like, and we were able to get through that and get on the other side of that situation. But that's that's one of literally a thousand mm-hmm. situations where I was able to put that phone call in and have them come alongside and help me and help my team that I was leading at our replant to make healthier choices, make wise choices, to listen to others and learn from others along the way. It's awesome. Yeah, and I think, you know, along those lines of what are the resources and those kinds of things, you know, associational leaders, whether they lean towards like the strategic side of of ministry or more like the pastoral care for the the pastors in their association, every associational leader is different. But everyone that I've met in, in my ministry, they're like their superpower is connection, mm-hmm. uh, connection to those resources, connection to the right pastor that's going through, you know, what they've gone through before or connection to like, they know the people in each church as well. And so they know, like, you know, you're talking about something litigious, like, well, hey, here's a lawyer that's faithful in another church mm-hmm. that can come alongside you. You know, our association may not have a lawyer, you know, that that is on retainer or whatever, but we've we've got one in a local church. Right. And so those associational leaders have the superpower of connection. And uh, I, I think that's a, a, a huge benefit to pastors. Hey, here's one of the things I'd love to tell you, listener, is if you would like an opportunity to hang out with me and Mark Halleck and Brandon Moore, there are two opportunities coming up in April at an event called Am I a Replanter? Now, this event is for anyone who is new to or considering any form of renewal work. This is not just about replanting. This is about church revitalization, church replanting. It's a noon Friday to noon Saturday opportunity to come and hear more about church health and strategy and get encouragement, get some questions answered. Not only will the three of us be there, there will be some pastors' wives there that have been a part of or are a part of replanting and revitalization, and they'd love to to meet your wife and encourage her and answer her questions. It honestly is, it's a quick noon to noon, just a blast, really, really fun event. And so, and it's, I think it's only like 15 bucks. And and if that 15 bucks is holding you back, shoot me a note and I'll, I'll take care of that 15 bucks, but we will be at Southeastern seminary. These are both at seminaries. They're not seminary events just for seminary students, but they are in partnership with seminaries. So we'll be at Southeastern seminary, April 5th and 6th. And then we'll be at New Orleans Seminary, April 12th and 13th. I'll put some links in the show notes for those events to you because we'd love to hang out with you. Hey, before we close, Brandon and Mark, one thing I'd like to ask each of you is what is one thing that we can celebrate with you? Like what's one thing God is doing in your life and or in your ministry right now that we can we can join in celebration with you? Because I think that's one of the other pieces 
of the value of being around others and in an association and network friendships with other pastors and ministry leaders is just celebrating with each other mm. because we're not in competition. That's right. So, so Mark, what's something going on in your life or ministry that we can celebrate? Man, that's a great question. I mean, the truth is there's so much to celebrate. God is so kind. I just think about yesterday, just off the top of my head, we replanted a church not too long ago up in the mountains in Colorado in a small mountain town there. And they, we just brought in a new pastor and his family to lead this church in this little community. And man, God's just moving in power in there. And the, mm. the community and the church is starting to just experience new hope and growth. And they're reaching, you know, we've mm. got folks who come live there in the, in the wintertime. And, you know, there's just, he was just overjoyed and just sharing stories, you know, and that's one of the things the three of us share is seeing God do great work in forgotten places. And this little town is not, this isn't your Vale or Breckenridge or, you know, this is just a little community filled with mm. people created in the image of God. And this little church that was dying is now coming back to life. And so I'm just, I'm just so thrilled by God's kindness in that. So I'm riding pretty high today off that. Brandon, what about you? What's something we can celebrate with you? Yeah. So uh, Lord's doing some really neat things, just allowing us to be a part of making a move to hopefully replant a church um, sometime down the line. And one of the things we've gotten to be a part of while we've been in Columbia, Missouri, is a church that has a ton of college students. And as we've been talking about this idea of replanting lately, like the Lord just seems to be like lighting up so many of them that they were like, what in the world is replanting? Like what, like what in the world is renewal? And for generation, I think a lot of times like gets a rap for maybe being jaded towards the church or those kind of things, having a lot of people that are done with the church, walking away from the mm -hmm. church. Like it's just been really encouraging to see so many get really excited about this idea of replanting and what God can do and turning a church around and seeing as, you know, Clifton's book, you know, talks about reclaiming glory through church renewal and replanting. And so I've just been super encouraged by so many conversations I'm having with them. Praise God. Praise God, man, for both of those things. I, I'm so grateful for both of you guys for taking the time to come on the yeah. boot camp with us. Yeah, I love you, man. We love you, bro. Thankful for this podcast, too. Seriously, I know that uh, God's used this podcast in all kinds of ways to encourage pastors and leaders. So thanks for your faithfulness. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast. The Replant Bootcamp Podcast is brought to you by Church QuickSight by 180 Digital. With Church QuickSight, you can get a beautiful, customized website with all the features you need to help your church grow, all backed by legendary 180 hosting and support. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts who know and love the local church. So go to churchquicksight.com to learn more and get started.